joining us on this edition, Dave Kooning. Dave, how's it going, man? I'm good. Going, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm outside in San Diego. Awesome. You know, uh, Dave, a couple years back when Prismism came out, we had spoken. And at that time, you told me you made the conscientious decision to depart from the killers because of one, you wanted to spend more time with your family. And two, you had a lot of material that wasn't making the band's track listings. Um, now that you're a solo artist, uh, are you seeing that come to fruition? Um, it, with myself, yeah. It's, I mean, people ask where the material comes from, and and it comes for, it all comes from me. I show quite a bit of it to the to the killers, and there's no way it would all be used anyway. Um, and then there's three other guys with their own ideas uh, to contribute. So no matter, even if they used all 10 of my ideas on a record, I would still have extra stuff. Um, yeah. So, cause uh, yeah, I kind of walk on a fine line here between like the reasons why I did, I did that. I just, I, I've always been this way. I, when I was uh, a kid, I, I made up songs on a boombox before I had any instrument. Um, it was kind of, I wish I had those recordings, but it's just some, I was like eight years old at the time. And then I finally got a guitar and it, it, this is just what I've always done. So it's just a habit. It's a habit first. And then the killers came along and then the killers came along so. on a mild case of everything. I mean, you've got 16 tracks here. This is, this is a lot to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I considered putting out like I had a lot of time during COVID one to write and then uh, I thought about doing two records, but I just don't have the patience to wait. I was just like, just get it out now because uh, people are going to, a lot of people are going to pick and choose songs anyway. Um, hopefully some people listen to the whole record in its entirety. I feel like that's what I do, but that's not what most people do. Uh, so it, I'll, I'll give them a choice. They can pick and choose or they can hear the whole thing, but they don't have to wait another year for a second album. Were any... Were any of these tracks potential tracks that could have been, made the Killers discography? I mean, there's one or two that I yeah we that we worked on and then um, just either never got finished or didn't fit the record or I can't you know I can't waltz in and say we're making this song you know it's got to be uh, you have to have other people that like it and that's that's kind of a litmus test too um if your other band members like it it's so i think this just allows me to if i really like a song to see it through to the end um there's a few of them that i yeah i wish that like i maybe i showed to the killers in, in other stages uh it's 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 kind of hard to know what to do like i said there's there's a lot to pick from in the end either way uh, you use you use the uh, terminology in the end and in the end at the end of the day and all that stuff, mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking ends of the earth. That sounds like gold to me. Like that sounds like to me when I heard the record, that was my favorite track. It immediately, like you know, my ears pricked up. Uh, did you show that to the killers and did they say, "Nah, not this one"? <laughs> well, I mean, what were they thinking? You know, I, I I can't say exactly what they were they were thinking. I showed quite a few um maybe it just didn't fit the record or maybe i should have waited longer uh, to uh, hold on to it i don't know you <laughs> no, you, can, you can clearly you know uh, dave uh, that's funny because ben mentioned that track for me i guess it would be the fountain and probably bad instinct 
Those are my two favorite tracks. Um, but you you do have this signature sound, and I obviously we hear portions of the Killers in there, but like I hear like a lot of your early influences, and I'm not surprised that you were influenced by David Bowie. Yeah, he's more of a well, I guess it's been like 20 years, but I suppose he was like something in my early 20s. I started to get into um, a lot of my musical tastes started changing around the years, but in I don't know. And he's another artist who like just kind of does whatever he wants album to album. And I, and I like that, you know, his, his last album is, is really good too, black star, but it's like an experimental jazz record or whatever, whatever it is, but it's a great record. Yeah. The audacity that Bowie had to just, you know, flaunt whatever he wanted to do on each album. Like he was a very adventurous artist. Um, when I hear your record, I'm hearing like synth pop, almost like nostalgic, um, you know, Frank Black meets the Strokes or the Cars, a um, little bit of Depeche Mode tendencies, you know, with some of the synth sounds in there. It's very mm-hmm. colourful, uh, very positive mood. Um, I really like the sound of your voice, actually. Um, it's easy to listen to. Um, it's like the lyrics are clear to hear. It's, it's just nice to hear music like that. Are you happy with this record? Are you, I mean, obviously, you know, they're your babies, all of these songs, but uh, how how do you feel about like venting these out, coming out on your own, like out of the killers and doing stuff like this? Well, I've never been a a bragger, but I am really proud of this record. Um, And I was a lot more comfortable singing this time around because I, um, it's just something that I should have done a long ago because it gives me control to finish a song that, you know, instead of finding another singer or whatever, because I, I had been in bands before the killers too, when I was never the singer. Um, and then you rely on the other singer to, to finish your music. So this allows me to do it all from home and, and just finish whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, I know. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I know when you were creating Prismism, you, the, all the instrumentation was done by you. Uh, is that the same for this album? Yeah, I mean, 99% of Prismism, um, there might have been like the engineer who put a couple, either a keyboard or guitar part here and there. And that was pretty much the same thing here. I did, except I, I would say I did close to 99.99% of everything, uh, except for some drum parts that uh, had a, like a, a better drummer play like i would i usually play it on the demo and then um the uh, drummer i use is also you know runs his own studio so he can make them sound better too there was a, a lyric line on uh, the fountain the song that uh, doug really likes um saying i prefer living my life in a bubble is that some sort of um is that alluding to like covid lockdown or is that something else it, it, it just caught my attention you know yeah it conveniently works with covid but it's how I've felt pretty much my whole life, to be honest. It's just, it's just <laughs> a, the line is exactly what it sounds like. I've, I've always been uh, kind of a hermit. Um, so I, I loved COVID because it gave me an excuse to continue to be a hermit and work on music at home and do what you so want to do. That's what that's all I wanted to do was, you know, is just uh, work on music or, or, have or watch movies or play video games is what everyone was doing i never complained i also got to bring up uh peace and love i i it was a different track on the album like you've got the sort of the cars frank black vocals and 
And then all of a sudden, peace and love comes along, and it's it's a different touch to the album. It's a nice change, and I think it's probably my second favorite track. Um, and it's almost got this sort of Weezer vibe, like that teenager sort of nerd rock Weezer vibe, but it's also uh, got that Ringo star slogan, you know, peace and love. Mm-hmm. Um, what, any thoughts on that track you'd like to share? It it does have a, a just a touch of Weezer vibe in it. I've actually thought of that. It's 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 definitely John in, Lennon influenced. Um, I just wanted to, you know, I watched a lot of TV um, last year. I think we all did. And there was a lot of crazy stuff happening. And that song does not take sides it's just saying like why is this so hard to get along what's why is this so hard and i tried i kind of wish i would have made it a little longer but i i actually just wanted us like a simple thing to sing along to um, yeah because of all the stuff that was happening and with less verse lyrics i guess there's like almost nothing to like argue about in that song there's nothing to debate it's just saying like can we basically like why can't we all get along yeah you know um you you threw out a a john lennon reference just now uh were beatles a heavy influence in your career yeah i think always um just because they are the best and i listen to them a lot and uh i can't other than that that song definitely reminded me of lennon um but the other stuff it just sneaks in there you know that they uh their songs are great because their verses are so are as strong as their choruses on a lot of their stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually went through during the pandemic just cause I wanted to kind of play along to something. And I was like, well, what better band than the Beatles? I've got that thick Beatles songbook. <laughs> and I went through like album by album. It was kind of an undertaking, especially when I get to past masters, there's quite a few songs and, and the white album, but yeah, I, I kind of played along to like every song at least once or twice and made um, notes of songs I like more because I'd, I'd heard most of them at least once, um, some, you know, several times. But it was uh, it was really good. And just kind of seeing how they wrote stuff, you know, they have cool intros that are only in the song um, like once for 30 seconds and then never come back in like a different. Like Sexy Sadie has like a completely different intro to the rest of the song on the white album. And um, yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Like talking about the Beatles, you kind of have bare similarities, um, not looks wise, but like just your story wise um, to George Harrison, who was a member of the Beatles, was a guitarist like yourself and was always trying to like get his songs out with his band, but ended up sort of um, shelving or elbowing them to the side all the time. And um getting frustrated in the process because he was so creative and he was kind of rising to the fore with these other guys like, you know, Lennon McCartney and all that, understandably. But um, he had this backlog full of stuff. And then when he went solo, it was just like, boom, there's like a double album worth of, you know, heaps of songs, like 50 songs. And that's why one of his his first solo albums so good. It's got loaded with hits and that's just Ben all things must pass is probably better than any of their solo careers yeah yeah even McCartney's Ram was amazing I mean even like all of these guys had songs that they couldn't fit on Beatles albums because they had to share three songs each or whatever do you understand that frustration like firsthand yeah I I 100% do and and I I don't want to use the word frustration like right now but it's like if my idea isn't used anymore, I don't um, 
I've just been, I've done this so many times. I don't get mad. I'm just like, well, it's not for everybody. I can't make them use it. I'll just put it to the side and I'll work on later. And then I'll show them another idea and another idea and another idea. And there's no point in, in arguing about it or getting frustrated. Um, but it is what it is. It's just, uh, you know, George Harrison had a lot of leftover material and I'm sure he was in a happy position after the Beatles to kind of explore all that and do whatever he wanted. And that's kind of what I, what I do at home. Your, yeah. your incorporation of the synth on this album. I mean, when anybody has heavy synth in an album, you're walking a fine line because you could easily date yourself, but you do a great job of modernizing the sound. Are you fully cognizant of that while you're doing this? Somewhat. Um, I try to not overthink it. Like if, if, if something just feels good to me, um, cause I know I've been in other bands and other, other side projects where they're like, well, that sounds a little too like this band or this sound that's like, well, if it feels right and it sounds good, I want to start with that and not worry too much. Um, actually that's something that like the engineer and producer kind of, uh, to give them a little credit or good with because I tend to go for stock sounds, which is something a producers like shy away from. They like to make their own. I have no shame in using stock keyboard sounds. I don't think anyone listening cares either, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, it's a quick way to get what you want though, isn't it? And um, yeah. you know, if it sounds good, it sounds good at the end of the day. Um, you know, uh, there's also similarities I've noticed uh, with your story with John Frusciante from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, where he left the band, did some solo stuff. But the reason why he left, he said, was because he didn't want to go on a big, long, length, lengthy tour. He just wanted to keep recording because he's an artist and he wants to write. And um, just playing the same songs over and over and going on like a, a year tour just didn't appeal to him. So he just kind of took a back step and he did it at Lollapalooza. And I read that you kind of did that around a Lollapalooza with the Killers. Um, can you, is, is that a tour thing or is that a Lollapalooza thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, not a Lollapalooza. Did he, so he played Lollapalooza, right? Is that in that scenario? I or think so. Yeah. And that, and that was like, he was like in 1992, the first time he left, he was like, yeah, yeah. Lollapalooza, I'm oh, leaving, you know. Lollapalooza, Chicago. That was my last big killer show. Uh, but that is just because it happened to be last on that. And but I, I probably relate to him more than some of the other people you could give examples of. Uh, it's touring is tough. It's just it's not that it's not that it's tough to get on a plane. I, I love playing the shows. It's just uh, like a life choice of being gone ninety percent of the time. And when it's a year long commitment or or two year commitment, or and then it's uh, it can be hard to do time after time after time after time after time you mentioned Lollapalooza is there a difference I mean in your approach taking the stage to playing in front of 60,000 people compared to smaller capacity crowds um I want to say no but there but there is differences I mean I remember the first time we played a, a bigger um I forget arena or whatever. And it was a step up and a step up. We kept playing bigger places and, and it does have a totally different vibe. And we played Wembley stadium. We had already been playing for years. And then that was a new feel like you're playing a stadium with a lot of room. 
I don't, I wasn't intimidated by the amount of people, strangely, but the amount of space, um, everything you do live, if you like, if you think you're moving around a lot and having a great night, it's, it's not near as much as you think. Like if you think you're going crazy to the audience, it's, it means you're moving a little. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you see, really got to try if you want to uh, like have a great show that makes it look like you're doing something other than just standing there. You got to be like Mick Jagger out there. <laughs> I know. Or, or I saw an ACDC show in Sydney and that guy humbled me. It was like, he was in his fifties. And I remember thinking, well, I, I finally get to see ACDC. And even though he's like a little older, who cares? But man, he had more energy than like I had in like a tour. Yeah, but he, he's a freak. I was watching, uh, watching a, a video of ACDC with um, Angus just headbanging while he's playing. And he didn't stop headbanging for like four minutes. And it was like, it wasn't just like this. It was like crazy, like hair going like this yeah. and he's playing. He did it for like four minutes. I think, isn't he going to get dizzy? Like is what, what's happening to his brain right now? Like, <laughs> but like, he's a freak. Like he's okay. just another one of those guys. It's just like far out that that is rock and roll. Like that, that guy is, he's got to be one of the greatest Angus Young. Do I you- consider him one of the greatest. I don't know. It doesn't hurt himself, but <laughs> yeah. So um, right now, at this point in your career, you made this decision to leave the Killers. Are you content with that? Well, I'm, I'm kind of back in. I mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention. So like... Uh, wait, I, wait, what? Hold on. No, no I, 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 I never officially left. Right. I, I, I know that. Yeah, I shouldn't uh, have said you left. On hiatus. So on, when the COVID happened, they um, stopped the tour and then they began work on another album that is like 99% done. Don't know when it's coming out, but it's basically done. And I was a part of that record. Interesting. Um, okay. I think we can call that the seventh Killers record. Whatever is after, if Mirage is sixth, and this is the seventh. And then we're writing and working on the eighth record already. So are you going to go back on tour with them as well? I, I can't answer that right now, but I, I really hope to play some of those shows. And it's like, I haven't seen the schedule uh, there's like people misquoted me saying I'm for sure doing it. I don't want to say I'm doing it either way, just cause I don't want people to jump to conclusions. I, I miss playing the shows. I can tell you that much. Just stay away from Lollapalooza, man. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I made sure and play Lollapalooza. Oh, there you go. I, I had the crap out of that, man. Yeah, I played the crap out of it. I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't want to take a break before Lollapalooza. But even as Kooning, I mean, you were on the festival circuit. I mean, uh, you know, I saw you at Kaboo a little bit. And yeah, I mean, you were playing in front of a lot, a lot of people. Uh, well, the Kaboo was great. Uh, and, and that was the last Kaboo, it turns out. Right. Uh, so I would have uh, liked to have done more of my solo stuff on festivals, but actually I only did a handful. Um, it's tough especially when you play early and uh, that, that was a pretty good show. Uh, but you're like competing with other bands across and mm. it's a good and a bad thing. It's a good because you get some people wandering in, but uh, I can also but, like, like see the other bands. Now, now that you've had a taste of doing, you know, solo albums and this particularly, this one is so good. Um, do you think that, you know, going back into the killers that you'll still continue to do your own thing along as you go, or maybe even sing some of your solo songs as a part of the set, maybe, or um, like, you know, you've had a taste. It's good. You should, you know, do that as well. 
I don't see my solo stuff being played as part of the set. Uh, you know, I don't think we, I don't think any band members have done that. But I mean, anything's possible, but I seriously doubt it. But uh, no, I'm always now that I've kind of opened up this can of worms, and uh, I think I'm always going to do it, um, no matter how busy I am. But but I'm focused on the next Killers record right now already. The, the eighth one I mentioned, I'm focused on working on that. Um, so because yeah. I feel like I really got a lot out of this this record. This yeah. thing. I got a lot of stuff that I've been that I hadn't used for years. So this really is a collection. A return to great stuff that I've kind of been saving, and it'll, you know, I it's so I'm pretty proud of it. And uh, but even if it's uh, one song here and there, or or other, or uh, I collect them and put out another album in a few years, I I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. I guess I've thought about doing it under different names, you know, so maybe I'll experiment with different names. Nah, I think you should keep going. And and if they, you know, they shelve or elbow some of those songs, you should save them for for the next one coming up like you have. Um, Talking about touring and the lengthy touring. um, Sorry. um, With the lengthy touring, um, the Beatles in 66 kind of got over the touring um, to the point where when they did Sgt. Pepper's, they decided that that album conceptually would be them going out on tour with it without them actually going out on tour, kind of like Elvis's car going out on tour instead of Elvis, you know, people still going to see Elvis's car. That's what sort of Sergeant Peppers was set up for. Like, you know, you got the band, welcome the band, Billy Shears. And then at the end, it's time to go to bed. Now the Beatles are going home. See you later guys. Do you think that an album, you know, um, being a guy that's sort of like, you know, waning on tour it's a long time do you think that an album can do that these in this era and have the similar impact where you can release an album and it still have the same impact like sergeant peppers maybe no it's a short answer uh i think there's separate things i think people it's we're in weird times now where uh you know artists make way way more money touring than than selling it's amazing to me how hard it is to convince someone to buy my record or a killer's record for 10 or 15 bucks but they'll pay like 50 to 100 dollars to go see bands that they maybe don't you know only have one of their albums or don't even because it just oh that'll be a fun night that'll be a fun weekend i'll we'll get four tickets from my friends here's 200 dollars. here's 400 dollars. but can i have 10 dollars for your album people are like yeah no i need that for groceries you know like yeah it's like it's a really hard thing to get and, you know, with streaming and everything, um, of course, they're, you know, they're getting it for much cheaper. So why would you, why would you buy it? Uh, it so times have just changed a lot. Um, so I don't, I don't know if there's any way a piece of music can be the same as touring unless it was a, something that was in theaters worth seeing or something. Mm. You know, Dave, you were talking about performing on the festival circuit and competing with other artists. Uh, it, it sparked a memory. I remember being at Coachella, I think it was maybe 2011, and I'm watching the Black Keys on main stage. In the meantime, Brandon is with his solo stuff on the side stage. And then you came out and we hear Mr. Brightside. And then every there was like a flood of people leaving the Black Keys running over to you. <laughs> well... <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> so, you you remember that, right? Uh, I remember playing it. I don't remember the Black Keys because I was probably backstage, you know, right. getting, getting ready. Yeah. But 
Black Keys were on main main stage at that time, and the, and and you and Brandon were on the other side stage. So we had the Killers and the Black Keys on two competing stages. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of the same fans too, so that's too bad. <laughs> oh, that's all. Awesome. So, so um, how are your sort of your close friends and maybe like the Killers and your family and your real close sort of inside group? How do they feel about this new solo album that you've just released? They they all like it. Um, you know, I, it's, it's, I value their opinion when it comes to songs and what, which ones are better and whatnot. And like the fountain, for example, was one, uh, I, I liked it, but it almost didn't make the record, but a lot of my friends and just really liked it and said, you should work on that. So that was the last song finished. And, uh, I'm glad I listened to them. Um, so I pretty much, yeah, I have friends are pretty supportive. Well, that's good dave before we go is there anything that you want to you want to add i could ask this a lot and then i remember something 10 minutes later but i, so, I, I gotta start making notes um no i guess i don't it comes out june 25th um but you know this was a lot of fun now if it does come out is it a double disc album no well it'll be a double vinyl but it'll be packaged as one album you know right it'll, it'll take two vinyl you know so had to be that way oh that's pretty cool it's like a george harrison sort of pent up you know double album you know coming out of the band um track 10 don't poke the bear i can't help but um admit that i heard you know the uh fantasia never-ending story dream sequence on the keyboard there um did you watch never-ending story as a kid you know like (laughs) we all did or because that was that it like hey I have no memory of it, but I, I was using a very 80s keyboard, so I must have done something right. Yeah, no, that's cool. It's kind of like halfway into the song, it goes into like never-ending story, and I'm like, is that never-ending story? This is awesome, you know? So maybe that's just an awesome coincidence. That's cool. I think it's just an awesome coincidence. I did set out to, uh, you know, I kept adding parts, and I was, uh, it w- I shaped it was over 10 minutes long. So I was happy to have a, a pretty long story um, as, as the song. So I was happy to have this epic thing that takes many different turns. So is uh, Ends of the Earth going to be the single for the record or uh, is that your favorite track? It's, uh, it's definitely a lot of people's favorite track. Um, yeah, that and The Fountain and Bad Instincts. And those are all three available right now. Awesome. Oh, so I was—I didn't even know uh, that those were the singles. So I, I wasn't far off in my in my selection. You were not. You were not. You're not far off. Good, t- good judgment. Uh, yeah, <laughs> those, those are already out on some formats. Dave Kuning, thank you so much for joining us today. Right. Amazing to hear your story, your solo story, and especially now hearing you're back in the Killers. I'm 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 gloating with excitement. Uh, don't forget a mild case of everything available June 25th. Dave, thank you so much for joining sure. us. Thanks, Thanks guys. Dave.